podcast. This week we're joined by Richard and Paul as we delve into some very ADLG specific stuff. Um, so it's not the usual chat and nonsense. This is an ADLG list podcast in which we look in depth at the list which finished first through fifth in the recent roll call competition. That was a competition that was themed for the Roman pond, Roman armies and their enemies, anybody who could have dipped their toe in the Mediterranean. So we got an interesting mix. A lot of Romans came out um, and we're looking at three different later Roman lists and also a couple of Hunnic lists here, um, all the way from number five up to number one in the competition. And so sit back and enjoy the podcast. This means war. Okay, well, look, it's been a while since we've done a Mad Axeman list podcast, and um, we've got we've got a new thing to do lists on. We're actually looking at the recent roll call competition in the 15 mil period, which was themed for the Roman pond, um, armies in the Roman area that era that could have um, paddled in the Mediterranean within reason at, at some point in their history. So all the way from the early Romans to the, the patricians, and pretty much all of their enemies who um, were not in the desert or the far north of the, the wastes of Germany or, or, or wherever it was. So um, kind of a quite a coherent theme. And I'm joined by um, regular list geezer, Mr. Case, um, who also happened to place. We're looking at one of his lists here. And um, and you from the, the wastes of the far north, um, Mr. Paul Dawson, the, the York york standard bearer almost and um and we're also looking at one of your lists and you didn't win either um and <laughs> which is kind of reassuring no, neither is one yeah. neither of you won and um and i i placed in desperately mid-table mediocrity so um my list isn't even really to be, be looked at here um but how's tricks paul how's um how's the gaming world up north at the moment well we we end up still playing mr johnson online um when he's oh, right the- yeah yeah, Kampala currently in Kampala. <laughs> Don't ask me about his stone wall. Oh God, but, um, in Kampala, yeah. that's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. So right. we, we, so the the thing we did in lockdown, we end up playing with him quite a bit. But um, yeah, yeah, there's, there's three or four of us up here play. Is there a Northern League coming up soon? Is there a Northern League one? In there the... is. Yeah, yeah. It's um, unfortunately I'm missing this one, but uh, yeah. the seventh of May, I think it is in Eccles, is the next okay. is the next round. Right, so that, should be, that should be fun for everyone. But no, I can't make this one. I'm, I'm away. Okay. Yeah, it feels um, like there's actually a reassuring um, break at the moment in, it, in what was quite a relentless pace of competitions earlier on in the year. It feels like there's a little bit of a well, gap. And, yeah, Chris but, has got his one in um, in May up yeah, in Blackburn. Yeah, um, which I'm which I'm going to go to. So that's quite fun. So I think there's been a few more over the last year or so where sort of you know you, Paul used to, Paul Johnson always used to do um, Bay Fog over in yeah. You know, um, what well, was Bay Fog and then became yeah. Bay Art, um, mm. but he disappeared. So Mark and I have taken it on and sort of reinvented it as King in the North and got that yeah. in York based. Mm. Um, and the Scots do quite a lot of good competitions. They're they're good fun to go up and play. So we go up yeah. we go up north to see them in. Um, and Alan Cutler's got his competition short in, in mid July, which is always yeah. good fun. As well. No, I'm I'm planning to go to that one. I just need to work out how to pronounce it. So it's, it's like either Siggy and Dub or Ski and Do or something like that. Um, do you, any, yeah, Ski and Do, I think. Is, it's, uh, Ski yeah. and Do. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've sent my money off and um, and I've put my B&B by the coast. Um, 
so uh, ready to to drive up to that one which should be good um but you know in, enough of that <laughs> we've now got um let's throw up on screen we've got um what we're going to do is we're going to start with the top well we're going to do the top five lists in reverse order because that's the way um that it works and um that means we can actually talk to to one of your um, compadres you just mentioned marco baroni mm. and um he came in fifth in this competition with the classic um late imperial roman now my first question with late imperial roman is is it um it's just 390 ad eastern army can you get away with using square shield legionaries with lorica segmentata for that one or are they all in round shield by now i think Ooh. the lorica segmata uh, really disappear during the third century so you can't really use them much yeah. after about 280 okay all right that's probably so then 390 is way off it then because um, it, it depends and this is 15 mil isn't it i suppose if it's 28 mil you maybe let people get away with it a bit more but but this is the proper um later stuff marco's all round shield from a from a scene and play on the table oh right are they just anything are they really just just sunburst and stripes it, so it's a very good era for little big man i guess this is. is if you've got big flat shields with the, with round things so so Marco's list, um, Eastern 390 AD, Initiative 3, and you've got, looking at it here, kind of, un, well, unusual-ish, um, my first thought, in that the commands are sort of equally. There's a 10, a 7, and a 6 to give you 23 in total. Um, first command is, actually, this is a sort of pretty traditional list, isn't it? You've got... Four heavy sword impact support legionaries, not gone for elite, not gone for armor, but but chunky. The one heavy cavalry, two impact support auxiliaries. Do they need support? Interesting question. Um, one light infantry, just a bit of screen. Um, in fact, two light infantry, one with bow, one with javelin, and a light cavalry javelin in that first command. And, and quite a chunky, brilliant um, general. Um, the next one has got three impetuous goth heavy infantry and a two-handed cutting weapon elite um clubman legionary a couple of light infantry and then another normal legionary so that's two solid heavy infantry ones and then a third command which is really two cataphracts three light cavalry and a heavy cavalry impact with a brilliant commander as well which seems a lot of command and control for that so um you know i'm i'm looking at this and thinking it looks like um you know a very traditional build really with um some but they, you know clearly i finished mid table using a, a barbarian army so i'm not not looking at romans richard you you used a um a romanish army as well i think what's what's your thoughts on looking at this one i'm 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 almost surprised there's not more funkiness in it um but then maybe paul can tell us a bit later that marco that's the way he does stuff yeah, well, well, we'll see mine in a moment, and there's a yeah. lot of similarities. Um, <clears throat> as you, I, I think the support is well worth paying for, particularly in this particular period. There were relatively limited numbers of cataphracts, but likely yeah. to be uh, a lot of cavalry, and even the medium sword uh, impact stands a good chance in the open with support um okay. 
as you say, I mean, it's two, it's two solid foot commands to take up width and, and go and get in the face of the enemy, attack if appropriate, um, stand in front of them if not, while a very maneuverable under a brilliant general mounted command tries to hit the enemy weak spot, uh, you know, with elite cataphracts and, and, and lots of good um, support mounted troops. So, yeah. I, mean, I you know, it looks, uh, and, and judging where Marco came, I would imagine this would do very well, except perhaps against Huns. <laughs> <laughs> Giving something away then about later, later in this one. Yeah, I, I, I think it's it's unusual to see. Really, that's to me that's like a block. Well, literally, it's a block of six infantry and then a block of five infantry, um, and not a lot of shooting. And then then yeah, a block of sort of two cataphracts and an impact cavalryman. Would you would you stick? I suppose you've got the option of sticking those cavalry down the middle, but you you've still got three light horse in it. Um, that makes it that sort of pushes you to use that third command out on a wing, perhaps. I don't know, Paul. What, what's you know? You probably think, possibly played this in practice game. How yeah, it... yeah, yeah. I, I did, and um, I think part of the logic for the Goths and things was, you know, was was there potential at this competition to come across a number of Pike armies? Yeah, and if if so, then obviously that command's going to go down the middle and mm. and come forward and and scare some Pike maybe with the logic of the heavy swordsman, two-handed weapon. Yeah, elite general. Um, you know, you, you're not just relying on the impact to try and take down the pike. You're trying. You've got that that wind draws every opportunity mm. as well. Um, I'm not quite yeah. sure how many pike armies actually did appear at the, at the competition, but I think that was the logic for it. There, there were some um, in the sort of bottom end when I, where I was fishing. So um, for right. sure, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I came across a couple. But yeah, it's it's an intriguing one. And there's no armor on any of these legionaries and and there's only one of them no sorry two of them have been made elite out of the the six um because armor you know armor versus elite is always a question isn't it it is it is and i think he's going for width on it trying to get the thing wide enough to take on what it what it's what it's fighting because as you say there's a lot of heavy foot there um yeah i think both i think both this army and richard um with his late Imperials had to take on Huns at one point and, and that's when I think both of them lost didn't you I think you both lost to Huns um, yeah. yeah and I think you know this one's not got the bows on the flanks and I think you know if you talk to Mark he'd probably say that that would have really helped him out against against the Huns and he he pushed them back quite a bit but we'll get to talk about Huns later yeah um, and, and I, I always think cataphract elite are always worth having. And I, you know, I, I like them for trying to break down a, a enemy infantry and part of the line. Um, and you can only have the two elites, I think, in the in the army anyway, can't you? You just have to make a decision whether you want the cataphract or the or the cavalry impact to be um, elite. And I think, yeah, I, I must admit, every um, every every sort of six months or so, I forget that. And then I try and build an army with, um, you know, one elite and three ordinary cataphracts. To go for volume and then i i use them and i go that didn't work they've got to be elite really haven't they it's it's a very weird thing how elite makes such a difference to cataphracts it does it i think i think it does and i think you know if you you know someone might stand with you against cavalry if they're ordinary thinking they'll break off or something but against the elite it gets a bit dangerous to do it doesn't it if they yeah. um if they get a chance to, to get do. at you and um and again the other thing with this late roman i'm always tempted by the um the new shiny toy of the 
the rear support artillery piece that shoots over the legions to or not no, not only because it's just a toy but to reach out and stop people just standing in front of it and i think paul you've said there's not there's not any shooting really in in this one um i don't know richard what's your thoughts on you know, that artillery because it's it's sort of good value and it, it just it creates something extra but i wonder what you drop to um to not have it you know would you swap it for a hun um in that third commander that still works or does that, that again that third I, command too much i think it depends on the on the nature of the competition to me yeah where they're really valuable is if you know you're likely to meet massed cataphracts hmm. um in this competition probably other than the armenians you were probably only going to face two and yeah. a lot of the armenians are ordinary so my decision was not to take the integrated artillery this time hmm. um I faced a couple of people who did, and they were annoying. They were never decisive. They did perhaps tip you into attacking when you might have chosen to stand off. Okay. But I, I think if you're going to take them, they're quite expensive in that suddenly they're behind something that's probably 9, 10, 12 points anyway. So you've got a very expensive file. So your whole game plan tends to then be set around that artillery. And yeah. I, I don't like to be that dependent on something. Yeah. Okay. All right. It, it also helps with that, that first move jump, doesn't it? Because you, if you know, the whole thing of heavy infantry can move three hoods. If you're outside of four, you, you can't drag the artillery with you the same speed. Can you, can you? No. So, and you go um, two. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that, that, that has an impact as well on you, depending on what you're fighting. Makes you yeah. more defensive. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So is there anything you, you know, change about this list? Um, is there any tweaks? If you were going, I'm I'm going to use this, would you, what might you consider doing differently? Or does it sort of obviously work for what it's supposed to do? You can you can actually see how it's supposed to work. Well, I I, I think as we've commented already, the it feels very short on long range missile power. Yeah. So um I mean, be interesting to contrast it with mine. There's a lot of similarities, but I've taken more shooting. So yeah. that's the only, I mean, that's my choice. And, and we'll see that in a moment. Yeah. Paul, is that? Um... Yeah, I think, I think you know, Marcus said to me the other day, a bit more shooting on either side. And I think it does miss a bit of that. So I don't think you need the, the artillery, but certainly some bow fire to sort of help you, I think is is worth doing. Yeah, um, I'm just I'm just sort of looking what you'd um what you'd swap out whether you to do that you know, would you yeah. lose uh, one of those legionaries for ten points and and what you get a, a bowman and almost a mediocre bowman for twelve or something or do the generals all need to be brilliant could you make that first general competent then you lose some of the um, initiative don't you initiative no I think you probably want the initiative with it um you, you could drop you could, you know, how many I didn't I didn't look at how many light horse he's got in it. Could you could you take um, one of the Huns out for one? Yeah, he's got uh, four. That first command, I'm not yeah. sure you need a heavy cavalry and a light cavalry javelin. Hmm. I, I would probably swap out one of those for a for an archer. Yeah. It's a tricky one, isn't the heavy, it? The heavy cavalry does let you though stick it in the line, doesn't it? Especially with a brilliant general and let you, you know, if you're if you're 
fighting a mounted army, it, it allows you to charge with things all at once. And then the cavalry's got a bit, if it's close, if it's shooting cavalry, it's got a bit more of a risk, hasn't it? If it, uh, if it, all, if it doesn't evade correctly. I, I agree. But do you need the light cavalry javelin as well? You know, yeah. it, it, you can kind of cover the same thing with yeah. a bowman, but the bowman's a lot more worrying for a hun than a light cavalry javelin. Yeah. 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 Cause you're almost yeah. getting a mini little cavalry command, but it's only one ordinary heavy cavalry and one light cavalry javelin. So that's not quite enough, is it? You're only dealing with two light horse with that. So, so maybe that is the tweak. Have a look at fiddling around with that first command to, to squeeze some bowmen in it and something like that. Okay. Well, look, it, it came fifth. Um, I can't argue with that from my mid-table position. You guys can can look down upon it, but um, let's let's have a look and move on and um, and see what um, what came forth. This means war. This means war. So then, Mr. Case, here we are with yours. Um, it's um, slightly different font, I think, or, or maybe I've just got the image a bit, a little bit bigger, possibly a little bit weird. So you are also late Imperial Rome. You've gone 15 years later, but you stayed in the East. You've stayed with that initiative of three. Um, you've also got um, 23 units, clearly the, the magic number of the moment, um, 23 units. And and yours is a bit more of that um, you know, balance towards the two too brilliant and an ordinary included general um but you've got a you've got an insane general in command three so you've got 10 five and eight um and it looks to me at first glance it's a lot more um mixed your middle command is full fat everything all the kitchen sink um heavy swordsman armor impact support elite legionaries um legion palatino comic heavy swordsman impact support um, light tree bow so four legions slam down the middle and uh, light tree bowmen on um on one of the brilliant generals you've got the two elite cataphracts bit of light horse to support them two bowmen two legions two medium swordsmen auxilia um and a light tree javelin so you've got about seven different commands in that first one um i think <laughs> you can do anything with that one and then in um in the final one you've got a couple of heavy cavalry impact a hunnic like cavalry you've got two more auxilia so you've got much more on the um the medium foot there um all with support another two bowmen so you're sat with four bowmen in in dave from the podcast packets of one ordinary one mediocre which is nice to see and light of tree javelin so um well look if this is yours start start us through it's i can see it's got more anti-mounted malarkey than the other one but um but clearly slightly less go through spearmen and pikemen and other people's legionaries malarkey um than them so how and and you've also got a brilliant unreliable general and an ordinary included unreliable general which is um which is bold but is one of your things i think but but talk us through it rich what was your what was your um thought process in putting this one together yeah, so I, I assumed that I would normally be uh, defending, which is why I took the risk with two unreliable generals. And as you say, the concept basically is you hold the centre uh, with the four legions, and then depending on the terrain, um, you either put the the two lots of strong mounted 
next to those four legions and expand through rough with the support troops or you put both sets of good mounted on the extreme wings if it's a very open table um it's quite deceptive because if you're facing mostly um quality foot you've got six heavy sword impact support and four medium sword impact support so if you're facing hairy barbarians you can pretty much be sure some of them are going to come on to you you've got impact and support so it's very hard for them to hurt you in the first round and you should should then grind them down yeah that's the, 10 wide isn't it actually yeah uh, and, um, plus then you've got the uh impact cavalry and the cataphract yeah. so that's 14 wide yeah. plus then the bowmen and and the the, the light horse extend it so it's it's it's, it's big, got actually. sort of it's, it's got big. a 20 line uh, of, yeah. of combat if you've got difficult going the li can extend that further and be, with two brilliant generals although they're a little bit in penny packets actually the medium foot and the lmi tend to work as two blocks of four so you've normally got three movement groups in each of the brilliant commands which means you should be able to move everything at least once um, and and against everybody except Huns, it tended to work very well because I would yeah. pin them somewhere and grind them down somewhere and usually then get round a flank, I either get a breakthrough from the cataphracts or get round the end because a lot of people maybe had a line of 16 to 18, not 20. Against yeah. the Huns, the real problem was that two-thirds of the table was open um mm. there there wasn't any rough going um to anchor on and so uh and what i discovered was all although i alternated the bowmen with the medium sword support and okay. the medium sword themselves stood up well to the yeah. attacking huns but they weren't enough to put off the huns attacking and so the Huns killed the bowmen and then slowly gobbled me up. Yeah, I think if I'd interspersed the bowmen with the legions, then uh, the Huns would have been more scared about taking away the overlap on the bowmen, and I might have done a bit better. But I think generally, because it's got a lot, it, it's complicated to use, but it's very much a Swiss army knife, which is what you expect from a Roman army, there's almost no enemy where you haven't got a game because you can shoot it mounted, you can hold against um, uh, hairy barbarians, you you can um, you know tackle pike. Uh, so I, I I was very comfortable with it. As I say, I think I would just need to refine my tactics for for use against the huns hmm. Paul, what's what do you you know what do you look at this that um i i know I, I like it it's not dissimilar to the way i've 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 played sort of late romans that the center command um obviously going down first and just block it filling up that nice bit of table and as you say the two brilliant generals with all the tools on either flanks to try and 
do pick and mix the, the sequence of who goes in where against who and try and cause problems. And, and it, it works really well. It, you've got to play it well, but it works really well in terms of um, in that. And I, I like the cataphracts with the, um, the medium swordsman because you can, you can get on and kind of, you know, through the terrain and stuff, you can attack, at, you know, a reasonable speed with them all together. Um, so I think, I think it, it looks like it works really well. And you've got yeah, the we... bowman on the flanks that we discussed as well to, to, to see off some lights. Did your did your unreliables cause you a problem, Richard? Any any game was any game you thought, blimey, I wish he wasn't unreliable at this point, or did it generally work out okay? The first game was interesting when I rolled three ones for my first three command rolls, and both commands were unreliable. But because I deployed, assuming that they would be unreliable, and therefore my opponent had the choice to either you know, it was very hard for him to gang up on one command without triggering one of one or both of the others. So, I mean, the difference is, you know, I could I could make them both reliable. I would lose a light horse, and I'd be down to twenty two, uh, mm. and. Uh, so yeah. I mean the short answer is there's games where it slowed me down and if somebody had wanted to play for a draw that might have been a problem but otherwise I don't really think it caused me a big issue it it's the the thing is you have to assume you're going to defend it it, it doesn't work for armies that are essentially all mounted or or want to you, you want to be sure you can attack immediately across the front for that, it's too risky, in my view. But if you're going to be a more slower, kind of reactive army, then then having the unreliables is less of a penalty. Are you are you choosing to defend um, with this, or you know, in game mechanic terms? Because you've got that initiative of three. Or yeah, are you quite often. To, or yes. Are you choosing to attack so that you can put your unit, your um, commands down second? I'm usually choosing. I'm usually choosing to defend because I want more control of the terrain. I want to be the person who adjusts second. Yeah, and shoves that field so it's ready for your bowman and your medium swordsman and and the rest of it. Yeah. Did you find that there was anybody out there who really was able to contest your contest medium terrain against you? Because you've got two auxiliary and two bowmen in both of those commands. You've got two blocks of four. The bowmen obviously shoot, but some of them are mediocre. But they, you know, it swings roundabouts. But yeah, did, the, did you... the problem was when I I met uh, Roberts uh, Middle Imperial Romans when he had four armored medium swords of an impact. Um, okay, that was rather more yeah. than I could have. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's going to run you over, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, that's I, quite an unusual I mix. Just anyway, held so. back against them and one elsewhere. So. Yeah. And did you find it was the you know the legions forcing other people to fight them and grinding them down that that played quite a big thing, or were they an anvil that people avoided? Because I, I do actually like the the idea with a Roman army. You know, it, it seems there's a way of building Roman armies in that you start off going, "Oh, I'd like to try and use loads of legions," and then you pick all the toys, and then you just whittle away at the number of legions, and you end up with an army that's got almost quite often you end up with an army that's got minimum ones and they don't do much fighting, but it looks like these guys are designed to fight. And in, in some ways the competition was designed 
or the, the list of armies was designed to encourage um that to happen but did you find they got stuck in or were they too scary and, and people didn't want no, to engage them most other people the only the only people they didn't fight were huns uh, okay. everybody else had their own good combat troops you know okay. whether it's pike or other yeah. legions or cataphracts or something so now i think in every other game they fought and and to encourage that i took four of the six just as impact support so no armor no elite so they're tough but they're not they're not scary and yeah i don't necessarily ex- expect to win with those i expect them to survive a long time while other stuff does the killing yeah yeah no that's that's an interesting one but if you can get legions actually fighting i think that's grand isn't it that's just what you want to be doing and if they're chugging down the middle doing that legion thing and and trying to sucker people into combat um that that really works okay and um and you said you know you you had struggles against huns and you mentioned that interspersing the bowman thing you know we're, we're going to come on to the huns um in in some numbers quite soon i think um but is is sticking would you still have gone with the interspersed thing or was it or was it kind of you go actually i didn't quite get the terrain or you know, it was what, what I, I, do you think about that the outcomes of those games was there something well, I, only, I only control? lost the i only lost the one, one game yeah, against hubert and i think that was partly down to the terrain yeah and partly down you know it we, we had a round of combat where uh it was two all in three combats uh but if he won he had furious charge yeah. and he won Okay. And uh, you know he might not have won. Fine margin, <laughs> fine margins then. Fine margins. So, yeah, uh, but you know he he won fair and square. It wasn't yeah. really down to luck. He he took a calculated risk because uh, he was elite and I wasn't, uh, and and it paid off for him. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I would do anything. Um, the the only difference I would do is, as I say, in the first command. I would have it would have slowed me down a bit, but I would have interspaced the bowmen uh, in between the heavy swordsmen just to make it a bit tougher for any Huns to 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 tackle those. Hmm. Um, but and other Paul, other, you, other than yeah. that, and I would have hoped to get better terrain, best terrain, better dice. Um, so, Paul, you're you are Mister Hun um, in this thing coming up next. What? What do you look at with your Hunnic hat, hat on? Uh, not that you're actually wearing one at the moment. It's just a no, funny that, camera well, it's, angle. It's, but, it, um, it's a tricky, and I think both Hun armies, when we come to them, have got slightly different. They're similar, but there's some difference in terms of how they were used. Um, I'm assuming, Richard, you were forced to attack, were you, with your army? Was that what happened, or did you end up defending? No, I defended in the mountains, and I, I was quite happy at that point. But then all of the terrain ended up down one of the short sides of the table and then Hubert managed to roll sixes and remove at least one of the pieces and I managed to roll sort of ones and and not move any of the pieces so it it wasn't well distributed (laughs) and and then I didn't get to move anything um so you know it, it 
if the pieces had been scattered across the table, it would have been a completely different game because he wouldn't have had as much opportunity to keep pulling back and 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 sniping at me. But yeah, okay. you know that's that's the name of the game, isn't it? I that's mean, I, it works, I, it? I should have had tactics to cope with that. I thought I did, but they didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and the bowmen are the things that the Huns don't really like the look of. Everything else, they're, you, don't, you don't really want to go and start. You could spend some time shooting at the middle lot if you want to, but you know, with that armor, it's you, you need to be attacking the commands one and three with the Huns and trying to create problems and force gaps in lines and things to happen. Exactly. You know, with a couple of light, you know, you just want a couple of light horse in front of command two, hoping that maybe something happens or some gap opens or you can pick off the light foot bow or something, but it needs to be going after the two, the two commands one and three definitely and yeah. trying to pull them apart. And does that's the, what he did. Um, does, does the four bowmen worry you, Paul? You know, is that, is that like more than you'd really want to see or are you kind of going, that's life, I've got to tough that out? Um, um, I, I think the, I think it's just life. I think you, you've got to recycle stuff through, haven't you, if, if you can. Um, I think most of the... You don't really want bowmen shooting at medium, medium guys, but they are elite, and you, you yeah. accept you're going to take some casualties. And it's the same. I, you know, I, I fought a late Roman that had a mix of bowmen's, and he gave me an opportunity to charge in, and I took it. And you know, it didn't work out. I had to pull back off them again, and then I went back in a second time, and I got them the second time round. Mm. So you know, there's always the thing of like, like we said, you want, if you go fight them, they're not shooting at you if you if you can get yeah. if you can get it, get it right. But no, I must um, admit that's that's the magic thing, isn't it? I, I don't know if you've seen the um, the reports of the Assyrian, 28 men Assyrians I used down in Bournemouth on the video. There's one of them where it's finally a huge shooting army and it was just almost, you were sticking a single unit in to, to a front of your three, just to stop three of the buggers shooting. Yeah, just to stop it. Just to just stop, to it, stop it. Yeah. Just to stop it shooting. <laughs> yeah. It cuts it out for a while. Then the rest can kind of creep up and, and get into combat. Okay, well, look, let's move on and, um, and let's look at the next one. This means war. So, um, Mr. Dawson, we have your um, funds, and we're getting into the medal places now. So this is the third <laughs> only place. Only by a point from Richard. He was a bit only hard by a point, but, you know, right. yeah. but look, I, I think it's fine, and um, and we're doing this on Zoom. But you're you're above him in the windows as well on mine, so it's obviously all working out quite well. Right, and, um, it's a bit like that university challenge thing when they're poking upwards or something from the good the young ones. But um, so your initiative three, which is perhaps surprisingly low for Huns. Um, you've got a, an old school 21 units. Um, I say that because it just feels like it's sort of creeping up in terms of numbers. Um, ordinary, brilliant and competent are the generals. Um, teeny tiny four with the ordinary included, no shock there. Um, and then a nine and an eight. And what have we actually got here? It's the interesting thing is everything's got a bow. Literally everything on those 21 has got a bow. You've only got two infantry bowmen in, in the middle command with a brilliant general. Um, and it's one heavy cavalry, one medium cavalry, two light cavalry bow, one heavy, three mediums, two lights, um, no, four mediums and um, and two lights, and then five mediums, two lights, and a big old sprinkly of elites there. So you kind of fancied shooting with this, didn't you? You didn't go for the... Yeah. The other honeycomb options of the crazy foot or the the goths or the whatever we it was 
what's the thinking behind that because you know that's that's Hunnick's an army that I do keep meaning to use but partly because I think well you hurl the goths at them and and that almost acts like that roman command to occupy them and gives you the time to get around the flanks but but you're just going we're all going to shoot yeah and it's partly uh, i had an army in the in the draw that needed to come out that hadn't been out a little bit of refurb and give it a go and it looked like a reasonable thing to take it to um then you get into how do you want to use it as you say there are people that have got um you know a load of impetuous troops and stuff but i took the view that it would be fun to try and play with an army that was just shooting them a couple of guys at northern league have used one Hmm. and been quite effective with it so i thought i'd give it a go um huge discussion about command one should command one be you know all light horse and run off around a flank or something um yeah because it's it's the tiny command isn't it it's four strong but you've actually got an elite heavy cavalry and an elite medium cavalry um, yeah as well as your two lights one of which is elite so yeah you know I've, i've used those small commands and actually almost gone the other way and gone i'll just stick the general in with um an ordinary medium cavalry so i'm not tempted to try and get them involved in anything but if you've got Uh, two elites you're actually doing something with them aren't you well it was it was it was partly to help push back anyone else's light horse command in front of you on a on a wing um obviously force force you can ambush with it if you needed to ambush with it but generally i prefer just to stick it on the on the board somewhere and 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 you know put the other two down afterwards um The theory, I suppose, was, you know, when an opportunity arises and it does happen, you know, you get the heavy cavalry down a flank, you can use a light horse, in, which I did on one game, I used a light horse in front of a, a couple of impetuous cavalry and stood and then, the, you know, and then the other guys are swinging into the flank and, you know, being a heavy cavalry with, with, as a general better for doing that. Yeah. Um, and you can get you can get that in and cause a bit of chaos with it. And it just gives a bit more protection as well, because you don't really want on a 21 army, you really don't want to be losing your general um, no. if you can help it. No, no. Um, fine going fighting towards the end um so were you then, almost uh, using him as a heavy cavalry impact for you know using that plus one it, as the general you were quite if i needed to, to um okay he, i think in um in one in one game he him and the medium and the two light horse ended up fighting round the back of a roman army against some light horse and and one heavy cavalry impact that we would that we but we'd had we'd had a couple of rounds of shooting at it before before we got into it so it was already okay. hurt and we took that on when when the army was getting close. Um, it caused the problems as the medium. I went go and stand in front of a medium swordsman and shoot it shoot it to pieces. I think on one game, yeah. Uh, as they and got into the flank of a heavy cavalry impetuous on another game. Okay. So it it kind of worked. You could have gone for medium and had another heavy in the other command, but I, I quite liked it. Quite liked it Makes in sense. that. And with them, um, um, with all these shooters, I, I guess this is almost a more general question across the whole army. But but particularly for heavy cavalry bow elite with a general or, or medium cavalry bow elite, you know, it's the question is always stick or twist. Do you do you are you happy to always take a a charge or or are you like, look, I'm gonna pretty much evade the first couple of times that it happens and I'm not gonna stand until someone's taken hits or or you know, been chipped away in some way, shape, or form from um well shooting. I don't, I don't really want to be charging into impact. In, into impact troops but certainly yeah. i was quite comfortable in in charging into um you know into bowmen into flanks yeah, yeah. and yeah. and and especially as you start running out of table which eventually the, the huns can do you're yeah. going to have to stand and then break off you, you know you're just going to end up having to do that and then that creates gaps but, so, but, is, but is your plan though to 
to go forwards to do shoot shoot evade shoot evade until you start running out of table or you know because the other way of using hansel is to use the maneuver to whiz over and, and just pile into you know move up shoot shoot and then pile in 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 one area is it the sort of the second or um i think it's mixed i think it was flexible yeah. too in terms of how i used yeah. it um the two bowmen um I put them in the list and some people say, don't do that, have more cavalry. I, my logic was with them was to use them to try and support if I need to drive off light horse. Not this is something to go into terrain, but it let me potentially zock people from a piece of terrain because I haven't got anything okay. else to zock them with, um, uh, which is sort of useful. Um, and also, but I used them in two games quite successfully, sort of side by side where you kind of end up with the corner where people are trying to trying to hide from you and you you could use them at longer range sniping into the into the right. into the mix with the elite yeah. shooters as well so you were getting the extra pluses mm. because once you start getting into this situation where people are kind of kind of rally up and you're shooting lots more at them and you're you're plus one or plus two it, it you know it's only so long that tends to work before the unit yeah. starts to fall apart and then at some point yeah. you just decide if you want to go in um yeah. i'm not I mean, I have done. A, it's not always a good tactic, but people, people with bits of rough, they get they get worried about all oh, cavalry and rough. But you know, just go across it if you need to. I've stood mm. in it and fought in it if I needed to. Putting one in, putting a medium cavalry into someone's flank in the rough is not the end of the world, because um, yeah. you can turn around in a different direction. So you know, it, and then cause another problem. So you you can't just go and just shoot with it because that doesn't really work. You've got to sort of try and create oh. gaps and angles and get things through. Yeah. And try and get you know. I think at one point against Peter, I got a light horse behind him, hmm. um, thinking it would cause some chaos and threw it into a light foot and probably got beat in the combat and died rather than actually <laughs> take out bit. his light foot with furious yeah. charge. And then I'm behind him and causing all sorts of chaos. So yeah. you've got to try and pick at the edges and try and find a way through. You can't just line up and just shoot with it. It doesn't it doesn't work. Hmm. But they are all elite. Um, they will stand up to a fight if they need to. If someone charges you and you can break them off. Or, you know, I've done things before where, you just let one unit stand and let everyone else run away, except maybe maybe you lose him, but that allows you then to bring them all back at a different angle or something and um, and, and put pressure on a different way. Yeah, because um, you've got two um, two big slabs of five cavalry and two light yeah. cavalry in those last two commands. And so a, a block, two blocks of five, um, I'm kind of looking at two blocks of five cavalry and I'm kind of thinking that's quite unwieldy and in my mind that once it gets past three i i sort of start to worry about them stumbling across themselves but is that just me not using enough cavalry very often or are you slightly looking at it thinking the same way is it two commands almost of threes and twos yeah well i i think in an ideal world you want the command and control to mean you can do that um because, as you say, if you've got a line of five, let's say you choose to evade with all five, uh, it, that, that's that's a big width um, going backwards, and any wheels obviously don't go so far. The mm. wider the wider you are, but if you let yourself be broken down into four four movement groups, and you've only got a competent general, then th that can be more yeah, of a that can problem get wrong as well. Yeah. That so it's that's where you know some practice games and, and playing with it and 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 it's that kind of issue that your opponent will try and exploit i mean it's that's the fun of the game isn't it is yeah. it it's move and counter move yeah. um 
it's I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it per se no. but it is something it needs some that, tricks some yeah, skills depending on the terrain and depending on the opposition you something to keep an eye on yeah so how did you how was that something you worked through in practicing then paul or is it just uh, or, or are we just inventing a problem that you never came across no, I mean, I've, I mean, the first two games, I got, you know, I, I, I was, I mean, we'll get into Hubert's army later. He's got the strategist in it. Um, yeah. You can, which obviously gives you a couple of advantages. Um, I partly gone for the early period because I've only got steps as terrain, so someone's got to make a choice if they want to attack me or not because it will be steps at that point. Um, and of course, they particularly choose to defend. And I think, but Pete, you know, he got down the terrain and he got his impassable down, and so did uh, Mike, and they. You know, although we chipped away at each other and had some good, two good games, nothing really was going to come of it too much. You know, we were, I was shooting some of his stuff down; he was driving me back a bit. But the 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 board was littered with terrain. Um, as I say, rough bits yeah. aren't, aren't a problem, but I couldn't shift the impassable. So again, I had the strategist with it. That extra that roll to re-roll on on a bit of impassable could have could have cleared the areas out and and opened the board up more in terms of what was going on. But they both had strategists with their armies as well, so. They were, I didn't, it wasn't even close on the initiative. They both outdiced yeah. me on initiative. Even if I had a strategist, I'd have still lost and they would have defended. Yeah. Mm. Um, so those games kind of, you know, it was tricky to do things. You know, don't, there wasn't any value in flank marching. So we kind of cancelled each other out. Um, but then once you start getting to some of the other armies, I mean, I chose to attack a couple of times. Um, and, and again, I think Cuba generally would defend with his. Um, but it was it was trying to find the space and and pick it up in the right way. My last game was against um, Harrison with his Huns, um, okay. but his Huns are completely different um, construction in terms of he does have the impetuous cavalry. So I was dropping terrain down to force him to make a decision about where his impetuous okay, cavalry were going to go and then try not to go near them. Mm. Um, and in that game, it was interesting that he had a load of medium cavalry ordinary bow versus the elite, and the elite just shot him to pieces because you're getting yeah. the plus one in defense and the plus one on attack. And it it was it was really interesting to see that because we're very similar in terms of construction on, on in terms of the number of units sort of fighting each other on that side. And the 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 elite just made such a difference in that game. Yeah, it really, it's a really, really good value, isn't it? So but yeah. going back to that sort of question about two blocks of or two commands with five cavalry and were you using them as a, a block of five or were you using them as a you know a three and a um, two on on table starting it... off starting off in a five usually um um sometimes the heavy ones were kind of the, the command two was out on a on a flank so that would that would actually end up that ended up i think on a on a couple of games almost being deployed slightly um in a column so then it expanded and come round to let the bowmen be on the inside of them yeah. Um, and then on another one, it was, you know, it was sort of more, it was, it was in the middle, um, supporting the, the bigger cavalry command with a smaller one, um, just sort of defending or trying to put, trying to widen the table and make people more interested about what was going on over the far side. Um, so now I, once, once you get into it, I would say I would leave one or two behind or bring some in at an angle and you were constantly trying to find the gaps so that when someone wanted to charge some, you were potentially exposing flanks if you weren't covering yep. it clever. Textbook um, stuff really yeah 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 typical okay. typical hunt yeah. stuff and you can't just line them up as a group of five but you know the you know you can drop a you can drop a light cavalry bow behind a light cavalry elite if you need to to get you an extra equivalent of an extra shooter so that makes you six effectively six cavalry elite shooting across the table as well um with another light cavalry maybe supporting one of the other ones 
So, but you, 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 you've got to create angles and you've got to create gaps in people's lines to do it. And it was well. occasionally yeah. gaps would appear and I get a light cavalry straight through. And then once you've got a light cavalry through and coming up behind people and pinning them and you're not, and you're shooting him from the front, he's got, a, and you're not zocking him. He's got a problem. He's got a real problem. Yeah. All right. And is there, you know, having played your five games with it, um, is there anything you kind of came away thinking, oh, I, I could have done that. You know, you, you've talked about initiative, you've, the strategist, is a trade-off for the step only terrain um would you bumped up could you bumped up the initiative to another yeah point? i think um, well you can only have i mean you, you've you've got a command it? of three for the army oh, okay, so strategist, strategist is the only thing you could do yeah so okay so that would have given you the plus one um as i say there was a big discussion about having the small command just light horse but the problem then where we got to with that when sort of thinking was well yes you can send it on a flank march um, which is very successful for the, the Hunleys that come one, but it's kind of a bit one-dimensional. And actually, when you're trying to use all your pips to create problems and do things with, I felt for my list, having a general in a heavy cavalry bow with a medium gave me opportunity to attack and do things with it and use the you know the the number of points that you've got in the game to do to to make a difference. Whereas if that had just been ordinary with a competent and brilliant and and it was only light horse, I didn't feel that you'd have enough. You'd be able to take enough Grunt. opportunities with it. Yeah. Um, I just thought yeah. it, was bit, it was a bit too lightweight, but, you know, as I say, I yeah. didn't win it. Somebody else so did deploying that, Richard, yeah, deploying that tactic. <laughs> so. Richard, any any thoughts on that? Anything you look think, would I tweak it? Or, or are you going, yeah, that's interesting. I, I'd like to try this on table. Yeah, no, I I, <clears throat> I think it's very interesting. Uh, I, I think the idea, uh, I could see how the bowmen give you options i can also see how you know against someone with lots of good medium foot they're, they're obviously in a way a tempting piece of bait perhaps um but uh i yeah. i think the key is just having lots of elites um because it makes even if you take the odd hit you know, you've got you can pull them out of the line, rally them back up, and send them back in. Uh, and particularly with the the light horse, it gives them so much chance of hanging around that bit longer. Um, so I I, I, I like, think it's a I think it's a very a very good army. No, I must admit, I'm I'm tempted to to wander over and look in the drawer and um, and wheel out some Huns. It's because it's an army that I've kind of always thought there's got to be something in there but I've never really got to grips with how to do it. But just actually hearing about, yes, elite, elite, elite for the medium cavalry, that actually does allow you, but also it does allow you to attack as well, um, which is something that's kind of dear to my heart. It's not just a, a muck around and and just trying to win by the mathematics of shooting. Because I think, you know, going back to... Uh, I always have this kind of horror from the tail end of playing Fog, which it was just actually about the mathematics of massed light infantry shooting causing you know 10 different re um, reaction tests on the enemy and you're always going to fail two of them because that just maths and it was just like oh this, but this you've actually still got to attack to do something with it so intriguing well look let's um let's move on to to number two So 
So here we are then with, um, with Mr. Leonardos, all the way from Greece, our, our Greek visitor uh, who stole away with one of the trophies and um, packed it back in his hand luggage and, and whizzed off back to Greece. Um, but not not using a Greek army, slightly disappointing, but but I'm sure the patricians were there. It must have been one of their territories or something like that. And the classic late hairy kind of Roman thing, um, 470 AD, number 88, patrician Romans. And the way um, Georgia put this together, um, you've got the first core is a drop it down on table, small one, um, but still, you know, got some punch. You've got three heavy cavalry bow, um, horse archers, um, those almost Byzantine cavalry, and one Allen light cavalry bow as well. So that's a, a pretty sort of old school heavy cavalry shooting command, but without the elites, um, included general with that. You've got a brilliant um, general. He's He has got the two ordinary cataphracts, um, um, a light horse bow elite hun, three medium swordsman impact support, um, also, um, also the Palatina, and two Azorians, light infantry javelin. So that's basically cataphracts and three auxilia. And then the final command with another brilliant general, um, three more of those heavy cavalry bow. So this is going almost proper Byzantine. Couple of heavy cavalry impact, um, an Allen light horse bow to pad that out to make it up to a six block of uh, mounted. One more impact support auxilia, two bowmen and two light infantry which gives an initiative of three and the now almost compulsory total of um, of 23 breakpoint. So um, again, this, this looks, my initial thought is, is this something that's sort of been optimised to to play Huns and, and avoid um, heavy infantry? But I don't know, Paul, what what do you think? What's what's your first thoughts looking at this one? It's, it's slightly not where I, I, think, I think it's would quite have clever that he's 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 I mean he's managed to avoid having no impetuous troops in it whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, um which I hadn't spotted that little um change you could do in the list, which makes it yeah. quite interesting. So he hasn't got the pressure on the pips that a patrician quite often has in terms of trying to hold back stuff um and wait for his moment. Mm. Um you sort of look at it and think, well, where where's he gonna fight with and stuff? But all those heavy yeah. cavalry bow um are clearly gonna be going to be out on the flank somewhere and i guess he's going to put the the other one in the middle with the medium swordsman and the two cataphracts and put them down yeah. last and try and get his matchups yeah um yeah. so i think it's a really interesting list it's it's not what i would have expected to see from a patrician one um i don't what do you know what you fought with it over the five games or do you, um, you i could probably i could probably dig it out um i because i think he he's i'm not submarine but he was kind of steadily creeping up the table towards um, the end. I think he's on the table next to me at, at the end of it. I'll have to... I'll he have fought to Armenians look. on his last game, didn't he? That's what... <laughs> he was, it was it, Possibly, yeah. If I'll, I see if I can dig, I'll see if I can dig that out in the background. Um, but yeah, I guess it's... Ha even which one would you put down first? Would you just drop... Uh, are you forced to put one of these in the middle? It's... um, There's, uh, there's not an obvious centre there, is there, in some ways? No. No, it's not. You'd imagine you put call, you know, the first one down first, but you might not. Depends if you want yeah. to try and keep people guessing which which yeah. side you're going with your other with your other command with the other brilliant yeah. one, I guess. Yeah, it could um, be, couldn't it? Um, so I imagine it surprised quite a few people when it turned up on the table. You know, yeah, not what they thought, and yeah. I don't really know how he played it. I don't know if anyone saw him play it, but <laughs> let me have a look. I wonder if there's anyone out there. So here we go. So um, in the first game, he um, no, let's have a look. So he played Ian Mackay, 
um, in the first game, um, who was using late Imperial Roman. He played Steve um, Nice, um, who beat me in the last game, was using Seleucid, um, got a draw against that. He played Dave Saunders and got a draw. Um, and Dave Saunders was using late Imperial Roman. Um, and he played Fraser, who was using um, uh, Galatian. Um, he played um, Nick Sharp, um, who was using Armenian in the final game. So Galatian, Armenian and uh, Seleucid and two Romans. So I guess that's almost looking at, at outmanoeuvring um, outmanoeuvring other Romans and, and putting those Clevenari into it. Intriguing. It's quite, you know, with nothing being none of your fighting troops being elite, it does it does potentially take away some of your punch, doesn't it? I mean, I think the only elite yeah. unit you've got is the light cavalry bow. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd be tempted maybe to to use the elite um, points on the cataphracts, but can you get there? Am I? Is that a possible? No, you, list? you no. can't have that in Patricia. Oh, okay, right, no. okay, and and I think that's I think as Paul said, I think. Many people, you're not going to expect a patrician to look like this. So no. the opponent's deployment will have come on expecting either impetuous foot or impetuous horse. Yeah. And, and so he's got that advantage that they've got to mentally rethink while he, he's charging up and, and yep. putting pressure on them. Yeah. But, you know, its vulnerability is not having much elite stuff. And... Um, a, a lot of it is in quite small clumps. So if mm. your opponent can gang up on one element of it, I mean, the heavy horse archers can ride away, um, but the medium swordsman, not so much. Um, yeah, yeah so, you're almost sacrificing it, those on... Because I think that Command 3 is actually... The more I look at it, the more interesting it, it is, because... Three heavy cavalry bow, two impact heavy cavalry, and the one Allen light horse is a is a big, quite scary mm. block to anybody's mounted wing in this period. Yes, it's quick. It's got punch. It's got shooting. It's six wide, which is the the magic number. And then almost your your I can see your one auxilia is there to to sort of semi protect the archers or, or possibly be the um, the poor sap who gets. Who sits just in the terrain to give the, the cavalry an overlap um, in terrain that they can't go into? It's actually almost assassinated. Uh, well, you know, if assassinates had impact cavalry, that would be sort of a semi-assassinate command in some ways, wouldn't it? It's it isn't what you think at all about patricians, but I can see that chewing up a lot of other people's mounted stuff. Um, and then maybe that bit in the middle with the three auxilia again, Richard. I think you made the point that medium swordsman impact support can still stand in the open against an awful lot of stuff. They're, they're frontline combat troops. The fact they've yes. got the medium word in it isn't quite as as tricky, and the cataphracts make them even more more chewy as a, as a block of five. Yeah. Yes, I mean, part of the strength is there is a lot of it. So, you know, if he keeps it all quite tight, um, you know, even given what I, I said earlier, it, it's probably quite... If you can gang up on it, fine. And if you can get better quality at it, fine. But it, you're still going to have to do some hard fighting to yeah. actually break through. Yeah. Um, and the other bits can sort of squirt out the way. Um, yeah. So, Paul, would you have... Well, I guess if you were dropping your hands against this one on table, you wouldn't, as Richard said, you wouldn't expect this. To, and it might come 
as an interesting no, surprise. No, yeah. but again, I think you'd be trying to, I mean, as you say, got the heavy cavalry impact, but it is only, it's not, not elite, is it? So you're slightly no. less scared of it. Same as the cataphragm yeah. aren't elite. So I certainly would be looking to go after the the two flanks again with it, really. But particularly if you can get around, if you can gang, if you could try and keep, you know, command three from playing too much, which would be difficult with all the cavalry coming at you, then you, you clearly would want to go after the, the command one and then try and flank command two if you could. Um, easier said than done, but I imagine there'd be a lot of shooting across the table. So, you know, yeah. but you would, you're, you're relying on your elite versus his armour, aren't you, on the cavalry? Mm. Um, yeah, I'm thinking, I, start... I played, um, I played two of the opponents, so um, the Galatian army is is obviously a lot of heavy foot, and I think perhaps one of the things with this is it's got the ability to avoid fighting someone else's heavy foot. Yeah. Um, very much so, you know, and the Auxilia can stand against warband um the cataphracts will cause them a lot of problems because they cause me a lot of problems but and then it will chew up the the handful of normal medium cavalry that those those gallic armies have um and i think the the seleucid army as well had had quite a a squishy cavalry wing um and even if you have a an army with a decent impact cavalry wing all those horse archers um and the sheer number of them does give you a chance of of knocking them down um before they actually get into you so it's just a very unusual um tradition army really with with quite a lot of maneuverability um so it's something like the impetuous foot of course you can just put the three auxiliary and two cataphracts yeah. stood in front waiting for them to charge can't you of course, while yeah while, while all your cavalry is trying to put pressure on his flank and yeah you know it, you end up in this situation where he's, he's either forced to charge against the odds or, or wait to be taken apart on the flank that's the issue with it yeah. So. I suppose that's one of the, you know, this is one of the interesting things with with a system that is played in so many different countries and different places. You get different metas. You know, I, I don't know if this is a result of a Greek meta or whatever, but um, but it's a very different approach. I've not seen anything anything like this with a, a patrician army myself, but it's making me kind of go, oh, let's go flick through that list again. But we're all we're also um we're also on rails with patricians from the days of DBM, aren't we? You know, it's kind of like there's a one way that you use patricians and you have the impetuous foot and a few legionaries and did it bish bosh. But this is actually no, it's um there's a different way of putting it together completely. It's interesting. It's you know, it is an eastern version to get to get the Isaurians, and and there's there's a lot of similarities between this and say some of the the Dilami type armies, which are a mixture of heavy cavalry shooters and impact medium swordsmen. Um, so, you know, if you're yeah. somebody who likes to play those armies, you might gravitate towards this kind of army design. That is, that's a really interesting, yes, I bet you could almost make a, a Dilami or whatever army that was nearly identical to this. You know, you, you'd not, is there one of the armies that even has the cataphracts? But but yeah, five five day Lamai, loads of um Sipahi type shooters, couple of impact Bedouin cavalry. You could almost make an army like and I really like playing with those armies. So that's a really interesting catch, actually. That's really funky. Wow. It's a it is an Eastern army to go into the Eastern Desert and fight those people over in the east, and it, it seemed to do quite well. So all right then, well look, let's get into the final. Um the final top of the table. Let's move on. Let's move on.
Okay, then. So here we are into the final list of um, of this podcast, and this is this is the gold medal, top of the table. Um, Les Huns, Les Huns, um, all the way from Hubertania. Um, uh, and Hubert, um, you know, I think he's moving back to France soon, isn't he? So um, we will, he will only be dropping in um, occasionally, I think, from from now on. So not quite signing off with um, uh, a trophy, but um, nearly signing off and definitely with a trophy. And and this Hanikami Initiative 4, highest initiative we've seen so far, 21 units, the proper number for Huns, although I suppose maybe it should be 20 in some ways. Every single thing is elite in this army. Um, and he's got the strategist as well. It's the slightly later period with um, plane and step as terrain. And um, command size-wise, there's a 12, obviously, with the strategist, a 5 and a 3, teeny tiny one. Um, the 3 is, um, it's taken the decision Paul didn't take. It's all light horse, 3 light horse bow elite with an included general. Um the second one is almost there. It's that is a Paul-esque command. One heavy cavalry bow, two medium cavalry bow, and two light horse, all elite, ordinary included general again. And the strategist there with two nobles, um, heavy cavalry bow, um, six medium cavalry bow elite, and four light cavalry bow elite, which to me is um two commands in one, but with the strategist on it. So um I'm not quite try sure where to start so Paul you you used the hun and Richard you definitely played this one um do you want to go first Paul about you know how this is if this is different to yours or yeah well I think as I said that he he took this eight had the strategies which which I think the plus is on the terrain and the um you know the extra ones initiative takes you to the 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 four rather than three that I had um the light horse as well Fortified Sorry? campers, fortified camp as well. Yes, yes. Snuck in there, yeah. Um, but what I saw him do uh, in the two games, which was interesting to see how he'd done it against Richard, uh, he won the initiative both times and then chose to defend in the step. Okay. Suddenly so was stripping the terrain out. And um, I think what I saw him do on one of the terrain, I assume he did the same for the other one, was he put a small, very small um, two pieces of brush down and a very small brush with a hill on it because you can yeah. only have one hill with brush on it, with in, brush the, on it yeah. in, in the step. So he pretty much wiped out, apart from the marsh and the gully, he pretty much wiped out the terrain. And on both occasions, I'd seen he'd sent the small command off on a flank march, I guess on the principle that he's defending. Um, he doesn't need that one. It's going to go and try and sack the camp. And um, the guy doesn't know which way it's coming. So although the other person's attacking, it probably puts them on the defensive in terms of their thought process of how to deal with it. Um um, well, I do like think cavalry all it comes on super early, doesn't it? As well, yeah, yeah, with that extra plus one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think it didn't turn up any time. I saw it. I saw it sack two camps. So right. um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. I think it, I think his his strategy worked. He also he also quite an interesting way of deploying his his. I saw command two deployed a couple of times where he had the heavy cavalry in the middle and a medium cavalry either side so as a block of three. And then the two light, which I think was set up at five hoods. And then I think he set the two light cavalry bow up separately, um, one either side of that block and two hoods forward. So the gap in the middle was three. I didn't then see him move it. So I don't know where his idea was. If he liked what he saw, he just moved up and picked up the two light horse and travelled, or mm. whether his plan was to to use the two pips to take the three cavalry left or right to join up one of the light horse. Okay. Um, but I did think, you know, it looked like 
you're asking the strategist you talked about my size and my commands but you've got you've got eight cavalry yeah, there that's to a huge blend, and, then, isn't it? and yeah. try and pick holes and do things with a strategist yeah. um it felt like you're asking that strategist to do a lot mm. um and um and whereas the the small command its job is to clearly go sack a camp and bother people from behind if you can get through but it worked didn't it so you can't yeah. criticize it in terms of uh, a setup but i would i'd probably feel like eight was an awful lot of cavalry to have in that in that one command yeah even with the plus three for for the strategist command pips it's it yeah it does feel that there's a difference but it, that's the only way that you get the extra initiative isn't it i think is it or or is there extra higher command and control if it's um attila himself or is it still uh, no, plus three no, it's still yeah. plus three still plus three this is the way you have to have it Okay. I think yeah. the way he, he played it was typically um, he split, as Tim was saying earlier, that Command 1 was like two versions of Command 2. So he would have a block of a heavy cavalry with three mediums and another block of heavy cavalry and three mediums and then two blocks of um, two light horse. So he might have which would be deployed up front. So you might have two light horse, four cavalry, two light horse, four cavalry, and then the three cavalry from command two and two light horse. And then the all light horse command could either flank march or be on an extreme wing to try and do an end around. Um, and Sorry, is that, sorry Richard, is that a new technical term you've invented? What? Is that an on-table flank march is now called an end around? Well, yeah, I, I, I like probably, it. It's, it's good. I, probably um, American football influence. It I probably suspect. is, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, look, um, he's going for an on-table end around. I'm liking it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm channeling channeling my inner Ted Lasso now. That's excellent. Um, okay. Um, but but it means if you've got command one in four blocks, unless you throw a one, everything is still moving with the strategist. Yeah. So it's a slight risk. And there were times when I was playing him where, you know, he would throw, a, say, a two and he, I'd managed to break him up into more than four movement groups. And there might have been opportunities there. Um, but but uh, generally, because, it, because everything's elite, he, you know, it's very hard with shooting to get that second hit you can yeah. you can get that lucky first hit, but the time you get the second one, he's pulled it out the way or he's rallied it. Um, so that it's that made it extremely tough. Um, and how how did he did he use it um, again? Same question I asked Paul in a way because you played it. Did he use it as a fallback, 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 and and charge when I have to, or was it aggressive with the cavalry to, he, to against, hold you back? Yeah, against me, uh, I, I was defending so he came he came fairly forward he he had um one in the center and the small um light horse commander on an extreme wing that sort of came forward and pinned some of my life troops he, he then threw some of the strategists at one of the blocks of heavier cavalry against my mixed um bow and supported medium swordsman mm. uh Whereas Command 2 just kind of did four-back shooting, four-back shooting, four-back shooting until we got to the edge of the table where we fought. Um, okay. 
So yeah, it's it's big thing is it's it's tough and resilient and with the fortified camp, even if you do manage to slip past with your light horse, there's nothing really to do with it other than trying yeah. to get him from behind. Yeah, you're not getting. Did, much did he it. take your camp, Richard, with, the, with his army? Did he get round to yours? Did he manage to defend it? Uh, or did your army just uh, crumble in the face of him anyway? Before no, I think there, I think right at the end he took it. He he broke where where he broke through my me my my sort of camp was in the middle. He he broke through the centre right uh, where I had the medium swordsman and bowman, and eventually managed to get a light horse into my camp but it was kind of it was at the last last uh knockings i mean it was in, interesting if he hadn't been able to take my camp then i was about to start doing more damage to him because he was beginning to run out of table um and with hindsight i should probably have put my camp more skewed to one side but then you're worried about the flank march <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. The strength of yeah. Hubert's design concept yeah. is that he forces you to do suboptimal things because of the risk that he might do something else. Yeah. Did it? Um, did you feel like you were being? You know, you were commanding a Roman army, being attacked like Huns. Did the Huns feel like Huns? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was very. Uh, it was very hard. It was very hard to handle. Because it's yeah. very hard, um, as I say, the the terrain played a big influence. Because he could just flow back, I yeah. couldn't pin him against anything except the real rear table edge, and I had enough heavy foot that I was, you know, mainly moving forward too. Um, so it's just very hard to land a blow on him. If you can land a blow, you can hurt them, but it's yeah. He's not going to let small. you, except in the places where you haven't got much chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's um? I suppose yeah, it won. It won all five games. It seems a bit um, nonsensical to say how could you improve it, and it is absolutely crystal clear that it does what it says on the tin. We're going to have everything shoot. It's all going to be elite. The commands are as you've spotted. There's effectively five commands which are identical sort of in here or four or five identical command near identical commands and and one's got a really clear job to do and if it goes on a flank march that's grand um and especially if you're falling back you're going to get a lot of game turns to make sure it comes on it's um it's very laser focused and and crystal clear is there is there anything that you you know think um again paul you're you're you've you've mentioned about possibly moving away from the strategies to to give you a little bit more grunt in that second command and control in that second one um anything other than that anybody can see that um... it's it's hard to it's hard to not something that's all elite with a fortified yeah. camp that's going to shoot you to pieces or try yeah. to um <laughs> exactly yeah. the, the small commands i say i think you know it's a it's a it's a it's a decision about how you want to use the army yeah. but having that small command it can do it can go on the flank as you say and, and fuck it up or it can it's a bit lightweight but it but they say that plus one for coming on the tables makes quite a big difference and there's, there's really quite does. a few more armies doing that um yeah having, yeah, having that that tactic is, yeah i've, I've seen that happen recently yes definitely and, don't sneak it richard um, <laughs> <laughs> the, and the thing is that one. Yeah. there are relatively few armies that can have light horse generals good yeah and, yeah and, good catch and obviously you don't have to include the general, but um, 
but it, you kind of do, don't you? Really, on a small <laughs> one, you generally yeah. want to. Um, yeah. So that that makes it more viable. The the only thing I, if it was me, the only thing I might have done is moved one of the medium cavalry from command one to command two, make the general competent and risk having it unreliable because you've got a strategist on command one. Um, yeah. You know, you, you can throw the the two light horse forward and, and keep the heavier cavalry further back than five. Um, you know, it's only one in six and that, that would just, Having six in that command with a competent general would just, I think, give you a little more, um, a bit more grunt, a yeah. bit more ability to to play games with the opposition. Yeah. But other yeah. than that, and you know, it's, I, a, t- it's I, a tough I, one. If you're going to be flank marching almost every time, then you know, if you've got a risk of one of your um, you're not able to suddenly rush you know you've got a risk of not being able to go forwards and buy exactly to fall back which is pretty huge isn't it it's a it's it's an argument but you you've got to have the sort of cojones that makes it very difficult to spend your entire life on a horse i imagine to do that That's yeah, the problem. And yeah exactly and it's more that it comes back to a personal style i don't think it's necessarily better it just yeah. depends how you personally like to play sure yeah interesting yeah. Good. Well, look, you know, two two very interesting honey armies, three very interesting um, Roman armies. I think seeing two Huns do well that are all about shooting is is great. Um, not the the obvious one of all the the charging cavalry. Um, some unusual ways of putting together Romans, and they're all pretty different as well. You know, I think um, maybe clearly the huns are similar because they're huns but but there's still different ways of doing it um so i think that's a really interesting mix of armies from from what's actually turned out um kind of a bit of a plucked out of a hat idea um turned out to be a, a surprisingly good and diverse competition i think um certainly i i enjoyed the games that i did once i get around to writing up the reports of um, of the mixed ability um, results of the the Gallic army, which didn't quite work out as planned, um, but no, very interesting one. Paul, your um, what was your sort of summary of your five games? So we'd wrap up in the last sort of few minutes. Um, you enjoyed I, it as well. Really good. Yeah, just thought it was really good fun. I enjoyed them. I think after two draws, I was thinking, have I have I got my army set up right? But then you know, got three wins after that, and it was great. But um, I think I think what we all like about this competition, about the, the, this, this rule set and the competitions, is you go and you never quite know how people's armies are going to look and how they're going to do it. And there's so much ability to create something different, or yeah. you know, from what each person's army of the same army number can be completely different. It's just part of the fun of the game, isn't it? I think it's why we yeah. all enjoy it so much. Yeah, that's it. It's actually you learn something every time you look at a different list yeah. or you come up with different ideas. You're not there isn't a way to do that list you know that list has a way that you always do it there's, there's very few lists that are like that there's clearly a few but but there's people can always pull something interesting out of the bag and I, and i think that is particularly true because a lot of the competitions are not you know just classical or just roman yeah. they're a particular year they're a subset of mm-hmm. armies and that immediately shifts the balance of what combination might be stronger and and that means every time you get the fun of rethinking about the list rather than just saying, well, this is my Norman list or this yeah. is my late Roman list. Yeah. Um, and, and 
and also the armies are small enough that if you need one or two extra bases, like two-handed weapon legionaries or whatever, you haven't got to suddenly pay 24 of them. Yeah, <laughs> to fill <laughs> the whole thing. To, to yeah. them all out. Good. No, well, look, I think that's it. And um, then I guess to say we've got a few more competitions coming up, but not quite for a while. Um, it's probably going to be end of May or into almost into June before we're, we're off and running. But um, I think we shall... I've I've got a few other requests of themes for us to do in some of these podcasts to to move to the other format of of we all make up a list and then um critique each other so um so i'm sure we will be back as a as a threesome um there will also be other more traditional um seven people chatting nonsense um mad axman podcast coming up as well and um possibly even some in the field stuff in in the future um as well so all all three different strands are catered for so i think on that note thank you richard thank you paul been very entertaining to go through these lists and get your insight from from people who actually nearly took home or did take home trophies from this one and um we shall we shall see you all later so goodbye bye thanks tim bye bye, bye tim thank you Good.